You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. Like Paul said, Steve and Terry just landed this morning in Sydney, and they're going to be flying for another five hours to Melbourne, Australia, where they're going to be um, attending and equipping at an equip. And if, for those of you who don't know what equip is, equip is training the saints, training the believers to do the work of service. So we belong to a group of churches that get together that train and equip each other, where we have trusted relationships with other pastors from other local churches where they speak into each other's lives. So Steve and Terry are actually on this team of, of pastors who travel around the world and go to these equips, and they speak to a crowd just like us. Uh, they're going to be speaking to three different churches um, over the month of February, so please keep them in, in your guys' prayers. Um, it's going it's to be a, it's hard work, uh, traveling, preaching. Uh, they're constantly inputting into people's lives, meeting with uh, teams of pastors, and uh, speaking into local churches. So uh, let's just pray for them for health over this next month. So um, we've been speaking on Go Therefore, uh, and it has been, it's been challenging, I'm sure, for most of us, hearing go, go, go. And it, it, the reason it's challenging is because it, it makes us have to take this next step where we're comfortable right where we're at. We're comfortable with our lives. We're comfortable with what's going on. And God's telling us to take this step, much like Kenny has taken, to something bigger, to something scarier, to something with more responsibility and more burden on us. But when God calls us to take that step, he prepares us. So I've, um, let's get into the, the, some scripture this morning. So if you would turn with me to Mark 1, 16 through 20. Um, This is Jesus passing alongside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Being called by God takes us out of our world. It takes us from it takes us from what we're used to, what we're comfortable with, and takes us into something completely different. These men, um, they heard the call of Jesus, and they didn't look back. They immediately followed him, and. It amazes me how often immediately is used in scripture. They immediately went. They immediately heard the Lord. They immediately prayed for the people. So if we think too much on some of this stuff, we might never do it because we're never ready. We're never uh, in a place where our lives are going to feel ready to follow what God has for us. But they immediately left their boats. They left their livelihoods. They left their father and their hired hands, and they followed Jesus. <clears throat> if you would turn to the next, probably the next page, to Mark 2, 13 through 17. Uh, this is another example of someone following Jesus. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. 
And as he passed by, he saw this Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at a tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, and he always hears them, he said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. And this, these men uh, weren't ready to follow Jesus. Their lives weren't ready to follow Jesus. They were sinners. They were uneducated. They were thugs and thieves. But God called them, and they responded. And I'm going to tell you that none of us are good enough to answer the call that God has for us. It is only, it is only by the grace of God that we, that we can even answer that call. And if you don't feel, if you feel like your life is too out of order, you feel like there's too much sin, that you feel like there's something holding you back, welcome to the club. You can ask my wife. I am not perfect. Or those who I've offended. You can ask any, any of them. But I answered the call. I said yes. I wasn't ready. I wasn't equipped. I wasn't, I wasn't some person who went through seminary to be ready to do what God's called me to, but God prepared me along the way. I said yes, and God prepared me. And then I said yes again, and God prepared me. Every step that he calls us to take, we're not prepared for, but we're just saying yes. <clears throat> All right, so now that the intro's over, we'll get into it. Uh, so I started thinking about this go and uh, go therefore, and not all of us are going to be called to go and plant a church. Not all of us are going to be called to go and be missionaries for months at a time in a foreign country, but God is still calling all of us to go. And so um, when we get into the meat of this, there's going to be two different kind of versions of go that I'm going to talk to. Um, but when I started thinking about this, go to everyone in the world seems crazy. Like you're going to move and to a place where you know no one just so that you can plant a church because you feel God's called you to? That seems crazy. But I'm going to tell you, our Christian walk already seems crazy anyway. Uh, we, I don't know about this morning, but Kylie uh, has to sometimes wake our toddler up. Hey, buddy, let's go to church. Let's get ready. Who wakes a toddler up to go somewhere? Nobody. The toddler's sleeping. You let him sleep. You got a 50-50 whether he's going to be screaming at you or whether he's going to be smiling at you. I don't know. That, that gamble's a little too high or odds to me to want to, to take every morning. But when Jesus has called us to do something, we make sacrifices that seem crazy to everyone else. Uh, attending church regularly seems crazy to the world. You go to church every week? Why? There's so many things that you could do 
every mor- on Sunday morning? Why would you go to church every week? Well, because I feel like the Lord's called me to this, this, this body. I feel like the Lord's called me to be here to minister to people or to serve. And it's even crazier when you then take that step. I'm going to serve in a ministry regularly. You, you get up and you serve junior hires every week? Yeah. And it's, hey, those junior hires, I'll tell you, I've been in the class a few times in the past, uh, in the recent history, and I, I don't know how they do it. But they do it every week, you guys. And they're called to it. I know, I was one once. So what we're called to by the world's, from God, is already seems crazy to the world's standards. So how much crazier can it really be for us to say yes and go where God has called us to? Um, and you know, Jesus seemed crazy to the world. The things that he was called to and the things that he did, uh, he seemed so crazy that they put him on the cross and that he died for it. So for the world to look at us like we're crazy doesn't really seem like that much of a stretch uh, because Jesus set the way for us and we're, we're walking like Jesus did. But so when we get into this going, it's a sacrifice. People look at us differently when we say yes to God. But when we, when we look at going, I, I, I have to ask, why? Why are we going? Why, what is the purpose of me going? And if it's because I'm, I don't really, I need to get out of this life I'm in, so I'm going to go. Or is it, you know, I'm just kind of bored, so I think this would be a cool trip to go on. We have to look at the motivations as to why we're going. So when we Think about why the first, the first step in this process is to be hearing from God. Why am I going, God? And waiting on the Lord and hearing his voice and then saying, okay, the why is I'm going because the Lord has called me to. And then we take that step and we go. But in John twelve forty nine, the Bible says, uh, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given, himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. So as Jesus went, he did only as the Father told him to. So we, we just need to make sure that when we're going, it's because the Lord is calling us to. The second thing is that we need to have the right heart attitude about it. It took these men who said yes to following Jesus radical obedience to immediately leave everything, to leave their, their lives, their families, their jobs, uh, their inheritance, their world, and to follow after him and to be changed forever. These guys were changed. God changed them. And it's a hard, hard decision. But when we are hearing clearly the voice of God, and we can be confident that when he's calling us something, that he's going to provide the way for us. Um, so, and he doesn't really just usually kick us out into things that we, he doesn't, he takes us step by step. He walks us through this process. It's not just like throwing your kid into the deep end. Good luck. This is where you're going to be in 10 years. So let's get a taste for it now. No, you start in the shallow end and he progressively takes us to this deep end where we feel like we could never do it on our own. And it's because we can't do it on our own. So the second form of going is, uh, I started really thinking about this, and it's, 
staying. Steve spoke last week on settling. And there's a big difference between settling and staying. Settling is God has called you to be over here, but you're just going to stop and make your camp right here, even though you're called over here. Staying is God's called me right here. He's called me to be in my job. He's called me to be in my neighborhood. He's called me to be in, in the sphere of influence. We use this term sphere of influence, and that's just the people that you reach. That's just the lives that you touch on a regular basis, your sphere of influence. And when you stay, you're saying, God has called me to this sphere of influence in my life. The difference between settling and staying is settling is, knowing, is, is staying where you're not called. So between going, knowing that you're called to go, or knowing that you're called to stay, it looks very similar. They're, the obedience level is still very similar. Um, Kenny could have easily just settled in a job that he, that he wanted something more, but he felt comfortable here, so he stayed, and he settled. Instead of taking that step out and saying, okay, I'm going to take something else, but I'm still going to be in my sphere of influence. But I'm going to take this next step that God has for me. <clears throat> so, like I said, go. we're not all called to go be missionaries. But if we're where God has us, we're all called to stay and be active. Uh, it still has to be an active thing. And I just realized that Terry's active faith listens, obeys, uh, and then goes at the end. So it's very similar along these lines. God is obviously speaking to some of us about some of these things. So when we stay, we still ask ourselves, why are we staying? Because we still want to be hearing God's voice. It's not that I'm just, okay, I'm staying, cool. I'm just going to go to work every day and do my thing. No, we're staying for God. We're staying because he's called us to stay, and we need to be listening. We need to be able to hear his voice, that still quiet voice, when he has called us to stay. Now, there's still changes and challenges that are presented to us when we're staying. There's still changes in our lives. Um, And we need to be in that same place as these disciples when they said, when they immediately left everything to follow him. They weren't really leaving big, they weren't going to another country. They were just following Jesus where he went. And we're following Jesus where he calls us to go. But there's sacrifices, and people will still think we're crazy for staying. Um, I've, we were out at uh, a lunch with a couple of friends a few weeks ago, and we're sitting down at our table eating our, our meal, and I see this guy walking past the window of the restaurant. And then immediately when I saw him, immediately when I saw him, I felt God say that I needed to talk to this guy. And I just said, okay. Let's see where God takes us. So this guy comes in and sits down at, the ta- at a table right across from me. So I can see him this whole time. And he's facing me. He's by himself. And I just keep looking at his face and going, God wants me to say something to him. And we, we, we finish. We, we keep going on with our meal and our conversations. And I, that you, get, you know because you get this, this pump, pump, pump. It's, I don't know if it's a combination of Holy Spirit and nerves, but that pa-pump, pa-pump is God's asking you to do something. So 
we're going on with our meal, and I'm just thinking, how the heck do I go up to this guy? How do I approach him? And so finally it comes to the end of our meal. We're paying our checks. We're getting up to leave, and I'm like, well, you know, this is going to be one of those things where I'm going to miss an opportunity because of my lack of faith. And he's sitting at this table. It's right by the door. So the door is like here, and his table's right here. So I, I'm turning around. I have to walk around his table <laughs> to go to the exit. <clears throat> and I, I just kind of look down, and we make eye contact with each other. And we just kind of, this weird, awkward, like, and I just say, are you okay? The words come out of my mouth. I'm going, what? Are you okay? What the heck would I ask these words for? And he looks at me like, yeah. I'm like, is there anything I can pray for you? And the guy looks at me, and he's, he's bewildered. Why? I, and he goes, no. And this just awkward silence. And I'm like, well, I just felt like I needed to ask you if you were okay and see if there's anything I can pray for you. And he goes, all right. Like, and I left. Why did God have me do this? Was he testing my obedience and then because of lack of, he put me in an awkward situation? He's got a sense of humor, so who knows? But sometimes the things God called us to is, isn't for somebody else, it's to test us. When he takes Abraham up onto the mountain, God knew full well that Abraham was going to follow through with what God has called him to. God knew it. He didn't call Abraham to go and sacrifice his son for, so that God knew that he was going to do it. Because he's bigger than that. He knows all these things. He called Abraham so that Abraham would know that he would follow through. Some of these things, we're going to look like weirdos. We're going to look crazy. Because God doesn't care. He's bigger than that. He wants to reach people through us. He's, we are, someone said this morning, we're the A team. We're the A plan A to advance the kingdom of God on earth. And it's going to seem crazy and it's going to seem weird. Now, what did I see an immediate fruit out of this exchange at this restaurant? No. But does that mean that what I, my actions and my words did not have an impact? No. This guy could have been pondering this for all day, the entire day. Why? What would possess this guy to even want to talk to me? What would possess him to say, can I pray for you for anything? Did he see something in me that needed prayer for? We don't know God's intentions for our actions when he calls us to do something. We just know that he's called us to do it. So moving on, we to be ready to go, this, I'm talking this morning on being, living a life ready to go. Uh, and it takes obedience, it takes listening to God, and it also takes our lives to be in somewhat of an order. If, uh, and living simply, you know, we're taking, Kylie and I are taking financial peace this semester. I think there's like 30, if Robert's in here, is there 30-something people in the class this morning? 40. 40? There's 40 people in this financial peace class. And... The first thing that, that Robert asked us was, 
if money were no limitations, if you were free of debt and didn't have this limitation of debt, what would, what would you do? Or what would you be called to do I, is how I took it. Because as a Christian, obviously, if we're debt-free, there's something God's got planned for us. And so mine and Kylie's kind of answer was, you know, if we were debt-free, I'd love to be able to go anywhere to do God's work and not have to worry about the finances. I'll tell you, if our finances are in order, it just, we all make mistakes. We all overspend. We all do these things. But when our finances are in order, there's more freedom to do and just respond immediately. If we have so much debt that we can't take some time off work to go be part of a missions trip, we need to, we need to simplify. We need to pare down our lives and we need to get out of debt. And when we're out of debt, it gives us the opportunity to live generously. One of the things that I think it's Dave, uh, his, what Dave Ramsey says is, imagine if what would happen in the kingdom of God if the people of God were out of debt. And it just, it really spoke to me that if we can get this part of our lives in order, that we can be so generous with others that they're going to see God's love in whatever we're doing. Because we can be obedient immediately without going, I don't think we have the money to do that. Um, we, can't, we can't afford to go on that trip that, that Steve is talking about. And I'm so, I would be so excited about it, but we can't afford it. We can go and do so much more if we have this part of our lives in order. Um, another part of our lives that we kind of need to look at now... This is a hard one for any of us, is uh, even when we're staying, at times it means that we'll have to leave our families. I can't tell you, and it breaks my heart, the number of birthday parties, family events, um, graduations, all these things that I've had to miss in my nieces and nephews' lives because I already have a commitment somewhere else. And... I have a value on once I'm committed to doing something, I follow through with my commitment. And it goes along with let your yes be yes and your no be no. So it's hard because I love my family. I love to be there for them. But when God has called me to do something, he's called me to do it. And I say yes. And then these other things come up and I just have to tell them no. I'm sorry, I'm already committed. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do, you know, you'll never get time with your families. You, we have to cut ourselves off whenever I can, whenever possible. I make it to everything that I can. I'm a light in, in the dark place, and that's including our families. So, but it just means that sometimes we do have to sacrifice that time because of what God's called us to. And it's going to seem crazy to them. They're going to judge us a little bit because of it. You know, they, at, at, at holidays, oh, Tyler, you pray because you're the holy one. Is there truth behind that? Because of their, their, they have some hurt feelings? Yes, but they do know that I love them. They know that I'll be there for them whenever. And when they have issues come up, they turn to me for help. Because they know that I'm rooted in something that they don't have. It may mean times, at times, we have to give up time with our kids too. We, we, uh, every Thursday night when we're coming over here, you know, it's like six o'clock and we're saying, all right, bye Eli. And he's some, sometimes he's totally cool with it. 
You know, Daniel Tiger's on. He's cool. Other times, he's in tears at the window as we're backing out of the driveway. Just and I, I can't, I can't look at him crying like that. But sometimes it means that we're gonna have less time with our kids too. But I'll tell you, when God's called us to something, He provides this supernatural time with them. He provides this covering because there's a lack of of time. He provides qual- better quality time with our kids. When God's called us, we say yes. We say yes, and it's hard, and it hurts, but there, God blesses us through it. And it does sometimes mean that we have to give up good things, good things that God has gifted us with for enjoyment or for pleasure, but sometimes we have to give up these good things for God's highest, for the best things that God has. And I don't want to make, make this sermon about, oh, we've got to give up everything. God has called us to give up everything. And you know what? When we're saying yes, when we're responding, God blesses us. And it is such a privilege and it's such blessing in our lives to be able to say yes and walk with him. So I want to encourage you guys that when we stay, God blesses you. He blesses you. He, he wants us to be encouraging and loving others so that the kingdom of God is advanced. Um, and not to feel guilt, you know, we've been talking about go this for the past month and don't feel guilt if you don't feel called to go plant a church with Paul and Andrea, or if you don't feel called to be a missionary to a foreign nation, there's no guilt because God's called you where you're supposed to go, not where someone else is supposed to go. And you have the opportunity to take the kingdom into your daily lives, just like Kenny and thank you for that, that praise report this morning. That was awesome. Um, so I have one last scripture that we want to go through, but I'm going to kind of set the stage uh, for it first. So this is, uh, if you can turn, I'll turn to it first, is Acts 11, verse 11 through 17. So to set the stage, Peter is talking to the other uh, apostles uh, and giving them a, an account of something that had happened. Um, and Peter is in Joppa, and he has these, these visions of a sheet lowering from the sky full of unclean animals. And, to, and, and he's a Jew, so unclean animals are the animals that they're not supposed to eat. Um, so he, he sees a sheet lowering with unclean animals, and the word that he gets is that if God says something is acceptable, don't say it isn't. Because he... The clear word is that he's supposed to hunt and kill and eat these animals. And this seems crazy to Peter. He's a, he's a Jew. This is what he's been taught his whole life is to these things are unclean. And you, you don't participate in this. Now, God's giving him some freedom in this. And he's also setting the stage for him to be able to take the gospel into a group of people that he wouldn't have associated with. And that is to the Gentiles. So at the same time this is going on, Cornelius, who's a Roman officer in Caesarea, had an angel appear to him and say to send messengers to find Peter. And he gives him a location of where Peter will be and to bring him with the group of messengers. So in Acts 11, uh, 
And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Sisera. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. In other translations, it says to, to not, uh, to, don't make a distinction that they are Gentiles, but to go with them. And these six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved and all your household. Then in 15, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? He's taking the Holy Spirit to the unclean, to the Gentiles. And the whole household was saved. Now I'm going to zone right back in on this. And the Holy Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. And he went. He was ready. He was in a place where he could go and minister and bring the Holy Spirit with him. And the whole household was saved. When we're ready to go and we can be obedient, God is going to use us. And it's not just us being ready. If we, the, we, Kylie and I led worship for, for college age years ago. And I'll tell you what, the best times that we had in worship was when I had no clue what I was doing. When I had no clue how to play, those were the, when God was there the most. That is when the Holy Spirit touched people the most. And it doesn't matter if we are ready. But if we say yes, God prepares us. God doesn't call the ready, he calls the willing. And when we're willing to go, there's going to be an impact in people's lives. Peter went and the whole household was saved. And I'm going to say that when we say yes to God, the kingdom will advance. God's kingdom will grow. The light will be spread and Jesus will be preached and people will be saved through our actions. We just need to say yes. It doesn't matter if you're ready. It doesn't matter if you've, you've got things in your lives because we all have things in our lives that are, that are hindrances to us being closer to God. But it's saying yes and, and being willing to give up some of these things and to grow and to mature and to lay down our preferences for what, for what God wants. And the, I just have a question. And if, if God told us to go, are we ready? And are we willing to go?